الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما اتاكم الرسول فخذوه وما نهاكم عنه فانتهوا صدق الله العظيم سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا انك انت العليم الحكيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي دروس شيء بالله respected brothers respected elders mothers and sisters listening at home we have been covering the seerah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam the last few years of the noble life before sallallahu alaihi wasallam's illness started until the demise of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam all that has been covered so that we have a clear understanding how khilafat was given to hazrat abu bakr siddiq radhiyallahu ta'ala the last phase of life of rasulullah to understand that it's very important and alhamdulillah in the last session well three weeks ago approximately how khilafat was given to hazrat abu bakr siddiq radhiyallahu ta'ala an that was explained in masjid nabawi sallallahu alaihi wasallam with the agreement of all the companions that were there that includes hazrat ali radhiyallahu ta'ala an all the muhajirin and all the ansar with bay'ah on the hands of sayyidina abu bakr siddiq radhiyallahu ta'ala an <laughs> Hazrat Ali radiyallahu ta'ala an once said to a group of companions that were around him he said that to be in the company of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq one sitting one lamha one sitting or one session with Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq is better than 1000 years in the company of some pious people or any other one besides Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq this was the love that Sayyidina Ali radiyallahu ta'ala an had for Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiyallahu ta'ala an so basically all the companions the muhajireen and the ansar did bay'ah without khilaf without ikhtilaf without hesitation on the hands of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiyallahu ta'ala before we start Uh, on the seerah of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiyallahu ta'ala an. it's very important that as Muslims we understand that in Islam we don't have this system of kingship where a child might feel that he might inherit the position of his father if his father was a king or a ruler or a leader of a community 
So he feels that because that's my father, naturally I am the successor. This system, this system is not in Islam. In Islam we have a system that is based on Khilafat. This is also the prophecy of Hazrat Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Islam has taken out this idol of family boast, tribal boast that is there. People who take pride in their ancestry. Subhanallah. And that is why there are many examples in Islam we see that on one side we have Hazrat Bilal, a slave from Abyssinia. But yet his ranking is such that Absalullah heard his footsteps in Jannah. And Abu Jahl is nothing, though he was a Qurayshi, though he was an elite leader, at least for the Kuffar in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, in, in, in the time of Jahiliyyah, they respected him. He had a lot of money, he had everything. He would boast when he would walk, people would listen to him. If he said anything, they would listen to him. But yet in Islam, for Abu Jahl, there is nothing but a nar which is fire. And Hazrat Bilal radiallahu ta'ala from nowhere, subhanAllah, but the ranking, the position, he was not a Qurayshi, but he was from Habasha, from Africa. So we have this system of Khilafat. And for anybody to become a Khalifa, there are certain rules, but there is one condition that should be inside an individual for him to be a Khalifa, which is mentioned in the Quran. Ya ayyuhan nas, Allah says in the Quran, O people, Inna khalaqnakum min dhakarin wa untha. We have created you in pairs, males and females. وَجَعَلْنَاكُمْ شُعُوبًا وَقَضَائِلٍ And we have distributed you in families and tribes لِتَعَارَفُوا So you recognize each other. This is again a na'mah of Allah. You might see someone, you might not know him, but you could describe him. This is the color of his skin, this is how he speaks. He might be of Asian background, he might be English, he might be European, he could be anyone. He could be an African, American. لِتَعَارَفُوا So you recognize each other. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ أَكْرَمَكُمْ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ أَتْقَاكُمْ The most honorable amongst you is the one who is most God-fearing. So the most God-fearing, he is the one who holds that position to become the Khalifa. Admi jitna ziyada muttaqi, itni ziyada salahiyat hai ke wo admi khalifa ban jahe. Sahabai kiram ajma'een knew that very well. It is shocking when people say, oh no, khilafat should have been given to Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala. Why? Why? And the answer will be, oh he was closely related to Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam. Well, that is not the, a, a good answer. In Islam, there is no such thing as family ancestry linking to Anbiya alayhimu salatu wassalam. quran kareem speaks very cleanly and openly, explicitly, that it is taqwa that you look at inside an individual. And it was unanimously agreed 
that there is no one's taqwa greater than the taqwa of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. And they knew too well. It is for this reason that sallallahu alayhi wasallam did not feel the need to even appoint a successor after him. sallallahu alayhi wasallam was so confident that the jama'at of Ashabi kiram will only choose Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. We see many examples in the last few years of Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam. We see examples like Osama bin Zaid. Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam made him an Amir of uh, a delegation or uh, a Lashkar, a Jash, an army. And under Hazrat Osama bin Zaid, under him was Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala is to be the second Khalifa, but yet he is under the Imarat of Hazrat Osama bin Zaid. Absalallahu alayhi wasallam has said in the hadith that even if an Abyssinian slave becomes your Amir, it is first for you to listen to him. Abyssinian slave. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala in his last days he said that if the slave of Abu Huzaifa if he was alive I would want him to be my heir. He was a slave. Islam is the only religion that has dismantled any form of prejudice, discrimination. There is no such thing as slave and master. Slave and master both read Salat in the masjid shoulder to shoulder. So much so that they would share the same plates, same clothes, everything the same. For they knew that it is only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who judges an individual and Allah judges an individual by taqwa and nothing else. And a person who has taqwa, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by his mercy even blesses him with knowledge. That is why you will see some of the shuyukh, buzrugani deen, you will see that they have not done a course of ilmiyat. They might not be alims, but they have attained that position, buzrugs. Because of that taqwa, when they speak, you feel that this person is a Shaykhul Hadith talking to you. Because of his taqwa, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expands everything, knowledge for him. Amari Shaykh, Hazrat Mawana Ghulam Habib Naqshbandi, Rahmatullah Alayh, he was not an alim. He did not complete his six books of hadith. But yet when he sat on the mimba to do bayan, he would only speak the Qur'an. And you would be amazed. You won't find scholars speaking like him, how he, the tafsir he would give you. And his tafsir was such that he would do tafsir of Qur'an with the ayats of Qur'an. The verses of the Qur'an, he would do tafsir of that with another verse of the Qur'an. Subhanallah. Mawlana Hussein Madni Rahmatullah when Hazrat Mawlana Ghulam Habib would go to India and visit Darul Ulum there, he would make sure that all the students 
come and greet Hazrat and stay in his khidmat. And they would say that what you get from this man, you might not get from anywhere else. It was a level of taqwa. So naturally the companions knew. It is taqwa that gives you that high position to be the successor of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. You have to be Abu Bakr Siddiq only, radiyallahu ta'ala. That is why Abu sallallahu alayhi wasallam has mentioned he said that even if Fatima radiyallahu ta'ala anha al-iyazu billah Allah, uh, Allah has saved her even if she was to do anything wrong then the law of sharia would be enforced upon her she is not exempted because she is the daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam sallallahu alayhi wasallam has clearly mentioned that so we see in Islam it is not a child that will naturally inherit the position of the father that we see today uh, everywhere in the world but it is based upon taqwa whoever is muttaqi qualifies for that position and naturally that position was given to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala level of taqwa was such that once Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala was a rich man he had many slaves and once a slave gave him some milk to drink and Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala drank the milk after drinking he said to the slave that how did you acquire this milk Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala realized that the source of income is doubtful he was a fortune teller though he was a slave but he was a fortune teller in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam a lot of the servants, slaves were not Muslims but Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala drank the milk when he drank the milk and realized that the source is doubtful he might have uh, bought that milk by the money he earned from answering and giving future predictions to the people he was a fortune teller Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala and put his fingers into the mouth and was trying to vomit out that milk to puke it out and Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala and sat down and he started to cry he said Ya Allah what was in my power it, this milk came out from my body but what is doubtful and it is inside me, oh Allah forgive me oh Allah forgive me this is the level of taqwa Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala unmatched Sahabai Kiram Ajma'in knew that it is even said that <coughs> the lungi the bottom covering quite fascinating uh, when we went to Indonesia and Malaysia the brothers there mashallah it's their uh, national uh, clothing and, and the way they just quickly put on the lungi and tie it so quickly mashallah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would also wear a lungi a top garment a chadar that would cover the top section and then the bottom section though it might not be like how we have it nowadays Hazrat 
Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu lungi was such that when he would walk, one part of the lungi would dangle down very low below the ankles. And when he would walk, he would find it extremely un- that he was uncomfortable. And he knew the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Of sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he said, anything that is below the ankle, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not want to see that individual on the day of Qiyamah. So every time he came in the masjid, he would always struggle, always struggle. He was a very handsome man. It is said that he was so handsome that some of the muhaddisin have said that the word Atik, which was also his name given to him, was due to the beauty that he possessed. A very handsome man. Inshallah ta'ala, we will elaborate on that. Who Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an was? Absalallahu alayhi wasallam once saw him that Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq is all the time very, very careful as if uh, the lower garment is troubling him. Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam said to him, Ya Abu Bakr, oh Abu Bakr, what is the problem? He said, Ya Rasulallah, the words that have come out from your mouth that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will punish this person whose izar is lower than his ankle. And sometimes when I'm walking, I feel that my lungi, the bottom section, touches the ground. Absalallahu alayhi wasallam smiled at Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq and said to him, Ya Abu Bakr, O Abu Bakr, Allah has informed me, Allah has seen your heart, you are completely free from pride and arrogance. For you are exempted from this wa'id. This hadith which Huzur alayhi salatu was salam has said, you are exempted from it. You are not, you will not be blamed for how you dress up because your heart is pure and clean. This is the taqwa. He was so careful with his tongue <coughs> that once Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq was pulling his tongue out and Hazrat Umar Farooq saw him and says, Hazrat Umar said to him, Ya Abu Bakr, what are you doing? He said, Oh Umar, do you know it is this tongue that will take people to Jahannam? Imagine the level of taqwa, my respected brothers. In akramakum Allahi atqaakum. So naturally, Khilafat was only given to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. Can I just have this point? Here, inshallah ta'ala, we will just go through um, all the ancestors, the forefathers of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala's name was Hazrat Abdullah. This was his name. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq's name was Abdullah. It is said that they first recognized him as Abdul Kaaba. The Mushrikeen would call him as Abdul Kaaba because of his great status, because the highest, uh, uh, most sacred area in Makkatul Mukarramah was the Kaaba, so they would call him Abdul Kaaba, the one who is most honorable, Abdul Kaaba. 
حضور علیہ سلاط وسلام گیو ہم دا نیم آف عبد اللہ Now I've circled one father whose name is Murra. Here, after six fathers of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an, the four fathers of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq and the four fathers of Huzur alayhi salatu wassalam are connected. They become one. So exactly how the ancestry of Huzur alayhi salatu wassalam is mentioned when it comes to the name of Murra, one of the fathers of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that is exactly the same sequence also found in the ancestry, the genealogy of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. Here again we see that Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala is also very very closely connected to Huzur alayhi salatu wasallam. So these are all the forefathers, Murra, Bin Qa'ad, Bin Lu'ayb, Bin Ghalib, these are the forefathers of Hazrat Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The only difference is where the fathers become different is from Tamim, Sa'ad, Qa'ad, Amr, and Amir, and Abu Quhafa. Abu Quhafa's name was Uthman. What was his name? Uthman. And the mother's name was Ummuhu Ummul Khair. The mother was known as Ummul Khair, but her name was Salma. What was her name? Salma. A very uh, beautiful name. A lot of the Sahabiyats, uh, they were given this name, Salma. A lot of the people ask that what are the best names to keep? Well, we have a lot of beautiful names in the Ahadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. In the case of girls, one can also choose Salma. This is the mother of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an, and she is the cousin of Abu Kuhafa. In the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the Quraysh were divided into ten tribes. Into ten tribes. I'm not sure if people can see that. The Quraysh were divided into ten tribes. Hashim, Umayyah, Nafil, Abdul-Dar, Asad, Taim, Makhzum, Taim is also known as Tamimi, Makhzum, Banu Adi, Jumah, and Saham. These are the ten tribes that held power in Makkatul Mukarramah. All respect was given to anyone who belonged to any of the tribes here. All of them are Qurayshi. All of them are and each of the family members had a duty. As you see, the, the, the Hashimi people supplied water to the pilgrims, and the Nawfil people provided food for the Hujjaj. Abdul-Dar were the keepers of the key for Kaaba. The people of Asad deputed the work of consultation, shura, mashwira, whatever needed to be done. Then, this is the tribe of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, 
رضی اللہ تعالی عنہ and Abu Bakr Siddiq رضی اللہ تعالی عنہ was the Amir of his tribe he was the judge to decide compensation for blood money and ransom so basically the position of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq in Makkah was that he was a great judge also a Qazi he was also a great judge Makhzum Banu Adi given the work of diplomatic relations and national welfare Juma and Saham the rest here would also connect with each other the other tribes just to explain to you the position of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq how he was he was also the Amir of all the tribes here. not only was he the Amir of his tribe fam but he was the Amir of all the ten tribes of Quraysh so if there was any problem they would return to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an and Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an would resolve their problem that is why it was very important for the Meccans at that time who were kuffar they wanted to make sure that Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an stayed away from the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam they knew that if Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an became a Muslim then a lot of the people would also follow him and would want to become Muslims that is why when Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an accepted shahada straight away Hazrat Uthman Hazrat Sa'ad bin Waqas Hazrat Talha these are from Ashare Mubashara without questioning straight of three of them embraced Islam because of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala this is the family of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala as I mentioned that uh, one of the names that was given to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq was Atiq, Atiq and Atiq also means to be free from to be free from Jisko Azadi Milge the one who is emancipated it is said that Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala an is the narrator she says anna Abu Bakr dakhala ala rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wasallam once Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an came to us Rab sallallahu alayhi wasallam looked at him and says anta atikum min an-nar anta atikum min an-nar here the words atik were used by huzur alayhi salatu wassalam Absalam said to him that you are free from the fire of Jahannam. And that is why the name Atiq is also given to him. The title Siddiq, as famously known, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq is the only Sahabi who held this title amongst the companions. And the famous event goes that when Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam went for Mi'raj the kuffar were only waiting for Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala thinking that some of those who are new or new Muslims, new companions, they might want to apostate so they said let us try also on Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala when Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala came he said straight away that whatever Huzur alayhi salatu was salam has said amanna bi, I have full faith in that when Huzur alayhi salatu was salam heard that Abu sallallahu alayhi wasallam gave him the name that he is Siddiq he is Siddiq 
in Khasais al-Qubra, it is also mentioned that the name of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, Hazrat Abu Bakr in Jannah, is also Abu Bakr Siddiq. This title is given to him also in Jannah. So there is great honor. How did he embrace Islam? The ulama have said that amongst the men, the first to embrace Islam is Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. Amongst the women, it is Hazrat Khadijah al-Kubra. And from the children, it was Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala. From the three, who was the first one to embrace Islam? There is a lot of ikhtilaf, differences in opinion. But majority of the muhaddisin, a lot of the muhaddisin hold the opinion that from the three, the first was Hazrat Khadijah al-Kubra. That is why, that is because she was the wife of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Because when revelation came to him, he went back straight in the house and he met Hazrat Khadijah al-Kubra. And the second one was Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. And then you get a second group of the muhaddisin who also have proof. And they say no. Even before Hazrat Khadijah al-Kubra, the first to embrace Islam was Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. So what the muhaddisin do is that they, they give all of them that position and they say that from the women it is Hazrat Khadija, from the men it is Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, and from the young children it is Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala. These are the words of Huzur alayhi salatu wassalam. When Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala accepted Islam, sallallahu alayhi wasallam says, مَا دَعَوْتُ أَحَدًا إِلَى الْإِسْلَامِ إِلَّا كَانَتْ لَهُ عَنْهُ كُبْوَةً وَتَرَدُّدٌ وَنَذَرٌ Every time I presented this deen, tawheed, to anyone in the city of Makkah, every single one had taraddud, a question. And they wanted to know more. Or they questioned me. And some rejected me. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them hidayat. Absalallahu alayhi wa sallam has said that amongst all the companions, the one who embraced Islam accepted shahada without questioning me, that is only Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given him such a position. He was the natural successor to Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. His son once, Abdul Rahman. Before I forget, another thing. The only Sahabi, the only Sahabi who uh, has this position that all four generations of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala and all of them were Muslims and companions. None of the other companions, Sahaba Kiram Ajma'in, hold that position. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, his son and his grandson and the father of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, all of them, the four, all of them were Muslims. This is only unique with Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. Subhanallah. And connected to Huzur alayhi salatu was salam here. Like the only honor uh, that was given to Hazrat Uthman was that both of Huzur alayhi salatu was salam's daughter was in the nikah of Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala. This honor was given to none other. Subhanallah.
Hazrat Abdul Rahman, on the day of Badr, he was not a Muslim. He did, uh, at that time, he was with the Mushrikeen. He said to his father that once you were in my range, when I put, when I was facing the Muslimin, my arrow was in your range, straight in front of you. But because you were my father, that fatherly love, I did not want to harm you. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala and looked at Hazrat Abdul Rahman and said to him, my son, on the day of Badr, if I had seen you, I would have not hesitated to the slightest and would have killed you with my hands. Why? Because at that time you were the enemy of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The, the relationship of Iman is greater. SubhanAllah, this was uh, the, the status of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. Hazrat Ali, once he was, we know about Hazrat Umar and Hazrat Ali that they were very, very brave. And because Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq was very quiet, sometimes uh, a lot of the stories are not mentioned about the bravery of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. Once Hazrat Ali said to a group of companions that were there, that who is, according to you, the most bravest amongst the companions? And all of them said, Anta Ya Ali, radiallahu ta'ala. And we think that you are the most brave. Hazrat Ali put the question forward to them again. He says, no, listen to me. Amongst the Sahaba, who is brave? And then they said to Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala, and we have no answer to that. Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala and started to cry and said to them that the one who is brave is none other than Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. He said at the time when only a handful were Muslims, when the kuffar were free to torture Hazrat Bilal and the rest of the muhajireen, at that time a group of the kuffar came to Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam and they were giving trouble to Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The only person who had the power at that time to save Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam was Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. We were all there. But the first one to go in the midst of the kuffar was Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala and he would push the kuffar, he took his sword out and he was fighting all the kuffar. Eventually he hugged Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he was saying to them, are you giving, are you, do you want to torture that Nabi who is inviting you towards uh, the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to worship one Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? These are the words of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an, and Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an, was covering Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an, was crying. And he said, the most brave from amongst the companions was only Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an. Insha'Allah ta'ala, some of uh, the other events in which Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala is unique. We will 
discuss that in the next session all the family who he married to how many children Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiyallahu ta'ala had inshallah we will cover that in the next session وآخروا دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد النبي الأمي وعلى آله وسلم تسليما دو تين أحباب حسبتل من بمار دعا کرے اللہ رب العالمین ان کو شفا دے اور مرہومین جن کا انتقال ہو گیا ہے دعا کرے اللہ رب العالمین ان کو جنت میں عالی مقام دے اللہم صلی علی سیدنا و نبینا و مولانا محمد النبی الامی و علی آلہ و سلم تسلیما اللہم اشفینا اللہم اشفی مرزانا اللہم اشفینا اللہم اشفی مرزانا اللہم اشفینا اللہم اشفی مرزانا اللہم اغفر لنا و لیخواننا الذین سبکونا بالایمان ولا تجعل فی قلوبنا غل للذین آمنوا ربنا انکا رعوف الرحیم رب اغفر ورحم و انت خیر الرحیمین رب اغفر ورحم و انت خیر الرحیمین وصل اللہ تعالی علی خیر خلقه محمد و علی آلہ و اصحابہ و ازوادہ و ذریاتہ و احل بیتہ اجمعین برحمتک یا ارحم الرحیم Thank you.